I'm so glad to see y'all this afternoon. Um, even though there's a game going on, y'all still made it. Yay. Give yourselves a hand. Yeah? Okay. <clears throat> if you have your Bibles, can you please turn with me to uh, Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. And when you have it, indicate it with an amen, please. Okay, and it reads, Seeing the people, he felt compassion for them, because they were depressed, oh, distressed, and dispirited, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the work is few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of all the harvest to send out work, workers into the harvest. If you may bow your head so we can pray to start. Lord, we just thank you for this wonderful service you have placed tonight, Father God, that we have the opportunity to lift up your mighty name, Lord, tonight, that you would be with each of us tonight, Lord, that you would open our hearts and our ears to hear what you have for us tonight, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Um, today I'll be speaking on the harvest of today. Um, what we should do and how we should take care of the harvest and what we should do to um, make the harvest more plentiful than what it is already. Um, how many believe it's our time to step into action this year? Um, I mean, not just saying, okay, I'm going to do this, but really do it. Not to say, okay, I'm going to put it off to the side, but we really need to step into action this year, 2017. Um, the title of my uh, sermon will be, We Accept All. How many believe that Kingsway accepts all? Yeah? Okay. Well, how many believe our time has come? Like, this is our appointed season, our appointed time to work for Christ because Christ is coming soon. How many believe Christ is coming soon? All right. So, what do you mean by Christ is coming soon? He, this, this phrase has been over the years. Christ is coming soon. Christ is coming soon. But now than ever, we can see signs that Christ is coming soon. And we are the generation to, of today to start moving in action and start doing what he has for us. And how many believe that we are appointed for this season in Kingsway Church? Because we are appointed. God has appointed us. In John 15, 16, it says, You did not choose me, but I chose you, and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit, and that your fruit would remain. And so whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. How many believe that we will produce fruit this year? Well, I'm going to tell you a story about Esther. Um, she was um, a mighty woman of God. She was Jewish. She was beautiful. She had favor with the king. And um, she found favor in the king's eyes because she was beautiful and had Christ inside her. And um, there was... She was taken in by Mordecai. Mordecai was like her owner because her father and mother passed away. So he found out that this man that was in the kingdom named Haman planned to revenge Mordecai because Mordecai was Jewish also. He didn't pay the, the mortgage or he didn't pay um, his respects to uh, Haman, even though all the Persians there would bow down to him, 
gave him everything that he wanted because he was Haman. And um, when Esther finds out, she becomes very worried because the king does not know that she's Jewish and um, he's Persian. So Jewish people and Persian people were going through a conflict during this time. And so she goes and she has a dinner date with the, the king. And the king's like, why are you sad? Why are you feeling like this? And why are you going through such a sad moment? Put a smile on your face, right? And she says, well, one of your servants is trying to attack Israel, my people. And the king was kind of shocked then because he didn't know she was Jewish. This whole time they've been together, he had no clue that she was Jewish. And so what she does, God appointed her for that time and that season to go into a three-day fast. And she called all of Israel to go into that fast. And when Haman was going to attack Israel, they were able to fight back. And um, later on, the king decides to um, kill Haman and... Uh, Mordecai begins to be promoted in that situation. But as we can see that Esther was appointed for that time and season, the same way the Lord has called you to do something out of your comfort zone, he has appointed you for this time and for this season. Um, I don't know, maybe if uh, you might want to start a small group, he has appointed you for that. Um, another story is when I was in uh, my first year of Bethel, I didn't really uh, expect the Lord to say, you need to do this and you need to do that, but I was aware. And um, one of the things he spoke upon my heart was to uh, go and start a young ambassador group over there in Kennedy. And I was like, Lord, I am not the type. I am not ready for this. I cannot do this. And he's like, yes, go, go. So I brought it with my cousin, which is Nathaniel. He, he's been a great help lately. He's the president now. The first year, it was a struggle. We only had five people show up to our YA group. Um, those five people would not even bring anybody. We would encourage them. We'd push forward and just go and go and go. And the Lord's like, stay strong. Stay strong. You got this. You can do this. You have, you're appointed for this time, and you can do this. We are more than overcomers. And I was like, okay, Lord. And this year, praise God, we have 40 people, over 40 people, show up to our young ambassador group, and we are sharing the gospel with them. So... The Lord says, never give up. Never give up in any situation that you're in because he will never leave you shorthanded. And when he says go, how many believe that you have to go? Never say no. Say go. Go. Okay. So we are the laborers of the harvest. People here in Kingsway Church, we are the laborers of the harvest. What is a laborer? The laborer is people who work to make a great effort people who strive for excellence, people who fight for what they love. And how many believe that when we fight, we fight for those that we love outside of the church, those that are not saved, those that are not wanted, but we want them. How many believe that? And um, the harvest is a time of reaping and collecting those that have been produced, like the harvest, the grain fields that was produced, they go and they harvest it. Well, the same way for Kingsway Church. Our harvest is out there. It's just we are the laborers, and we need to go and get that harvest. We need to go and get those souls that want more about Christ, but they're too scared. We need to go invite those that want more, but they're timid. That's when Kingsway Church comes in and says, come on, let's go. 
we're going to go, we're going to get them, and we're going to show them who Christ is. And in the book of Judges, chapter 6, it talks about Gideon and how Israel was oppressed by the Midian, Midianites. And the, the Israelites would plant their seeds every year, and every year they would produce their product that they wanted. And the Malachites and the Midians would go and swipe their harvest, always taking their harvest every year. And this lasted for seven years. The Lord allowed that to happen for seven years because they disobeyed the law of the Lord. So when the seven years was up, the Lord decides to deliver them and take them into a new season. And when they began to plant their seeds, they were able to fight against the Amalekites and the Midianites. And when they were able to fight back, they fought back with favor because the Lord's hand was upon them. And how many believe the Lord's hand upon Kingsway Church? Amen. The same way the Lord gave them favor, he gives us favor. Yes, each and every one of you in this room has favor. The same way um, we fought for the harvest is the same way we will fight for Beville in this harvest, in this due time of season. Um, when I was praying for the sermon and preparing, I felt the Lord say, the old is gone and the new has come. So the old strategies will not work anymore, but new strategies will begin to rise. And those, yes, you, will come with ideas and bear fruit for the kingdom of God. And um, we are more than overcomers, like it, it says in Romans, um, because the Lord, he first loved us. How many believe that he first loved us? He loved you so much that he died on the cross for each and every one of us, and um, he bared our sins and loved us. And um, we will take them. We will take the people that are hurt and that are broken and that are distressed. Those that don't want to come to church, we will drag them to church and say, look, it's not that bad. The Lord loves you, and he wants you, and he wants you as his own. And um, the Father, it says in John 6, 37, all that the Father gives me will come to me. And those who come to me, I will certainly not cast out. He will never cast you out. He will never say, oh, I don't want you because you're like that. Because he made you in his likeness and image. He made you in your image. Nobody else in this earth is like you. Nobody has, I'm not going to say nobody has curly hair because a lot of people have curly hair. But nobody has my personality. Nobody has anybody else's personality. Nobody's the same because we're all made in his image. And he will never cast you out because our God that we serve is a God of love and a God of mercy. And um, the story of the woman with the issue of blood, nobody wanted to be with her. Nobody wanted to hang out with her because she had this hemorrhage of blood. And this lasted for 12 years. Imagine you living with the hemorrhage of blood for 12 years in pain and agony. And everybody that you found, all the greatest doctors out there trying to help you, but they say, sorry, no can do, we can't help you. Living for 12 years. And um, people would tell her, get away from me. You're, you're sick. I don't want to get sick. I don't want to be like you. And so she would go and she would hide. And one day she heard people shouting that Jesus is here. Jesus is here. So she went and what did she do? touched the hem of his garment, and she was healed. And um, when she was healed, she began to rejoice in the Lord. The same way when me and you were saved, we, we rejoiced because we found our Father. 
when we had no father, he is the father. When we had no, um, no father to look up to, we can look up to him because he is with us. And um, the Lord loves each and every one of us in every different way. And when nobody loved her, God says, I love you. How many believe that God loves us eternally? And when nobody said, I don't want you near me, God says, come here, I want you. I'll take you into my arms. And here in Beville, if nobody wants the drug addict, if nobody wants the brokenhearted, if nobody wants the ones that are no good for nothing, we will take them. We will take them. A few Sundays ago, pastor said, we will take them. How many remember that day? We will take them. And why? Why will we take them? Because we are the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. We are the closest thing they're going to get to Christ. And um, why? Because he first loved us. And um, we need to have this, this mindset. The out-of-the-box ideas come with the out-of-the-box results. So we can't think the same way. We can't do the same strategy and expect bigger results because that strategy is done. It's used. It's gone. But when we think outside of the box, more things become to be added and more things become bigger results, a bigger harvest for us to go and grab. We can't think the same way anymore. We have to change our thinking and change our thinking to bigger results. And um, in closing, I just want you to know that the old is gone and the new has come. So whatever season you're going through, it's gone because there's a new season of life and produce and harvest in your life. And um, the Lord is good, always. Who's happy to be in God's house tonight? Is it Sunday night? Come on, I said, who's happy to be in God's house tonight? <laughs> All right. I'm going to ask you to turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 10. And when you have it, can you please stand to your feet for the reading of God's word? It says, Thus Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen these. And Samuel said to Jesse, Are these all the children? And he said, There remains yet the youngest. And behold, he is tending the sheep. Then Samuel said to Jesse, Send and bring him, for we will not sit down until he comes here. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this night you have given us, Lord. I thank you for each and every person that's here. I ask you to anoint my voice, Lord, as I preach your word, and I ask that you bless the hearing of the congregation, Father God, and we ask this all in your name. Amen. You may have your seats. All right. So tonight, I'm going to talk a little bit about David. And David, he was, he was the son of Jesse, and he had seven older brothers. brothers. So he was the youngest. Um, a few verses before, we read that the Lord tells Samuel 
to go and anoint the new king, which is one of Jesse's sons. So Samuel sets out on his journey, and he goes to Jesse's house, and he invites Jesse and his sons to um, uh, an offering. And so when they're all there, the Lord is, um, Samuel's asking the Lord, you know, Lord, is it this one? Is it this one? And as he sees all them, he's saying, no, it's not this one. It's not that one. It's not that one. It's not that one. And seven brothers down, it's not any of them. And I would imagine that Samuel would have told Jesse, you know, I'm going to anoint one of your sons tonight. So Jesse was probably thinking, man, all my sons in the room, it's neither one of them, so who could it be? Well, the Bible says that um, when he asked, is there another one, um, Jesse said, yes, there's the youngest, but he's out tending the sheep. See, David wasn't even imagined to be the anointed one. He wasn't even in the room. All odds were against David. He had bigger brothers who were maybe stronger, faster, smarter, but the Lord had something for him. Amen? All of them were stronger, but the word says that God doesn't look at man's outside appearance. He looks at your heart. So tonight I'm coming to tell you that God doesn't care where you came from, who you are. Well, he cares who you are, but who you were, should I say amen? So David didn't even have to be in the room with his brothers. That's what blew my mind. David didn't even have to be in the same room with his brothers. Church, you don't have to show yourself in front of people to be used by God. Amen? God chooses sovereignly according to his will. You don't have to be in the sight of others because God has you locked in his sight and he has a plan for each and every one of your lives. Amen? So, after he anointed David, the Bible says that David went back to tending the sheep. Now, I mean, if I was anointed king, I would be like, let me get all my robes, let me get my new crowns and everything. And don't you think, how many, how many of us like to be comfortable? Don't you think David would have said, whoa, I can be king in one day? How is that going to happen? You know, as I was preparing this message, how many know that the enemy likes to come and try to get in your mind? He would, he would come to me and he would say, Matt, what are you doing? You're preparing a message, and what are you going to say? What are you going to say to these people? And I said, devil, you're too late. God gave me my message already, and he gave me the word for you people. And so I didn't want to take too much of y'all's time, so I'm closing with this. God sees you, and he sees your work, church. And he has a divine plan, and he will not disappoint. Amen. God bless you. How are y'all doing? Good. Okay, Matt just said comfortable, right? Well, are y'all comfortable? Y'all comfortable? Well, don't stay comfortable. Look, I need you to go with me to Deuteronomy 1.6. And I'm going to be reading two parts, but. And if you have it, just say amen. 
This is King's Way, right? It's not our way, right? Like our way, church. We're going to do it our way. No, who's, which way do we do it? We do it King's Way, right? So in Deuteronomy 1.6, the verse says, The Lord our God spoke to us at Horeb, saying, You have stayed long enough at this mountain. And if you would, skip down to verse 8 with me. And it says, See, I have placed the land before you. Go and possess the land which the Lord swore to give you to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to them, and the descendants after them. Okay. So with that, I just want to say, right now, church, we're in a place that, you know, the spirit of God's moving. The presence of God is here. It's all here. It's all great. We're, we've experienced the move of God in many different ways. The anointing's here all the time that we step into these walls. But, like the word said, you'd have stayed long enough at this mountain. We're st- we've stayed long enough at this level. We've stayed long enough at where we're at. Now God is saying, I have this place that I want you to go, but you have to turn on your journey and you have to look at me and get there. There's, we have new levels, church. We have, we're going to new levels. This is not it. This is not where we're staying. The renovations going on in the church, the things going on in the church right now, these, uh, the, the way the spirit is moving, it's all great. It's all a move of God, but... This is not it. This is not. This is just the beginning of a great start of the move of God. This is just the beginning of. This is like the first level to many levels. This is the top, but we're going higher. God has higher places. God is not going to keep us here and just say, you know, good job, church. That's you're there. You got it. Now, I'm going to chill and watch. Now He's saying, I'm coming right now. You better get ready to move. We can't stay here anymore. We can't just, you know. Um, stay in the place we're at. We can't just wait for God to come to the church. God has already said it there for us. He says, go and possess it. He says, see, I have placed the land before you. Go and possess it, which he has swore to our fathers. He already promised this to us. This was a promise that God gave us. He gave us new land, but we got to go and grab it. We got to go and get it and take it, take it what he, take what he has given us. This is not, this is not it. This is not where we're staying. Growth is coming. New members are coming. This church is not going to be able to withstand all the people that are coming through these doors. There's going to be so many different things, church, that is coming. And I just, praise God. I mean, it's so amazing. Like, there's going to be bigger visions for this place, bigger dreams, bigger um, things that God has in store for us. And you know what's crazy? It's inside of each and every one of you. It's You are the church. So God has put it in you, but we can't just say, you know, Kingsway's got it, you know, the church got it, the people that are on the worship team, the pastors got it, but the ones in the congregation, you guys, you still got it. You're in Kingsway. You're part of Kingsway. We don't do it our way, remember? This is God's way, so God's going to use each and every one of you for the move of God, and it says possess it, right? We have to claim it. You, I'm up here saying, yeah, it's ours, church, but if I say and I believe it, you have to believe it for yourself. I can't believe it for Brother Israel. I can't believe it for you. I can't believe it for Brother George, Matthew, Aaliyah. I can't believe it for you because God has put in my heart to believe what is the move of the church. But we all have to be in it, church. We all have to get our mindset on the same goal. This isn't it. There's, there's many more things to come. And we're just the start of many people to come. 
we see uh, people from the past coming in. We see new people coming in. And just this morning, so many new people came in, and we were all in the same room. But if everybody who had came the last Sunday would have been in this room, we wouldn't have fit. Because God is moving in this place. God is growing this place. God, uh, God told us, I don't, I don't remember when, but God did tell us that, um, that we were going to grow. Y'all remember that? I think, yeah, I th I'm right. But I, I believe it so much. And just to see, like, the little things. We have a TV in the hallway now. And that, I mean, we're getting to do things that a lot of other churches don't do. And, and what's crazy is they ask Brother Josh, worship leader, they're like, how do you do that? How do you get to, you know, be on Facebook Live? How do you get your camera to look so clear? That's ours. That's Kingsways. That's not other churches in Beeville. This is what God has put for us. You go figure it out yourself. You know, we've got here with God. And if they haven't got there, God's not there. We got, we got a God that's moving in this place every single day. I mean, frequently. Every service that we have, we experience the presence of God. Oh, my gosh. I love Jesus. This isn't it. This isn't it. We're here to make his name famous. We're here to change the city of evil. This is going to be, I believe it, this is going to be the church where souls come to get saved every single week. This is going to be the church that people come and say, that's the church I heard about. That this, this, all this commotion was going on. We're that church. We're the move of God. We're, you don't, uh, a famous pastor said, um, you don't have to wait on the move of God. We are a move of God. This church is a move of God. We're moving Every single, at every single moment, we need to be moving with God. We can't stay here any longer. This is not it. We're going to new levels. Expand's coming up. We're about to expand. There's going to be some expansion. Your spiritual lives are going to be expansion. You're going to be stretched in places that you're not comfortable in. We can't stay comfortable because are we moving? Are you moving, church? Are you going to get in the move of God? Are you going to go where God has... Plan for us to go. This is it. This is the calling of the church, to move. To move. This is not it. We're not staying here any longer. It's coming up. 2017, as Aaliyah said, it's we got to go. God commanded us to go and preach the gospel. That wasn't maybe if you want to do it on Tuesday, go preach the gospel. Maybe if you want to do it next week and go preach the gospel. He said, no, go preach the gospel all over the world. Go. It's a command. We got to go. We got to move. With that, God bless you. <laughs> bless the Lord, all ye saints of the Lord. Come on. Oh, it's all right. It's already cracked. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Hey, <laughs> the devil is a liar. Come on. How are you guys? Bless. Are you blessed? Yeah, we heard some good stuff, right? I don't know how I'm going to top that. Got to... Get myself together here. All right, so if you have your Bibles, I want you to go to the Gospel according to John. Go to chapter 4, and I want you to stop in verse 13. We're going to read 13 and 14. I really wish I could read you the whole passage and, you know, break down every verse and do the whole thing, but we don't have a lot of time. So we're just going to read those two verses. Uh, when you have it, I want you to say amen. Not just amen, not just amen, but amen. amen. All right, all right. So that was good. That was all right. Uh, 
Gospel according to John, chapter 4, verse 13, it says, Jesus answered and said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again. Are you thirsty? But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst, but the water that I will give him will become in him a well of water springing up to what? Eternal life. Praise God. All right, so um, in preparing for this and in, in putting myself in a position to hear from God about this sermon, I felt in my spirit uh, a phrase that, that is also from out of Isaiah uh, chapter 19. It says, God said in Isaiah that he would not only make a road in the wilderness, but rivers in the desert. Have you ever been to a river? Anybody? How fast it is and rapid and just consistently flowing, consistently moving, consistently changing. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how Jesus is the river, the fountain of everlasting life. He never runs dry. He's always going. So um, we're first going to talk about how rivers flow constantly and consistently. Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He's consistent. He's constant in his promises. Um, he, said, he said that he would never leave us or forsake us. How many of you can testify that he's consistent in that, right? Amen, amen. Um, the psalmist said that his righteous right hand sustains us. He literally never changes. He will never change his mind about you. Every promise that he's spoken over your life, every uh, word that he's given your heart, every promise in this book never changes. He never changes his mind about you. He never changes his mind about your future. He never changes his mind about um, himself. He never changes. He's consistent. The psalmist also said his mercies are new every morning, that his grace is enough. Amen? Um, I also want to briefly mention, I uh, was watching this movie one time. I mean, I wasn't watching it. It was actually uh, my niece. Uh, uh, it was called The Good Dinosaur. I wasn't watching a kid movie. What? Um, anyway, <laughs> there's a scene where uh, the little dinosaur, I think his name is Arlo. I'm not sure. But this little dinosaur, um, he's, he's roaming around, and he's just afraid of everything and just consistently... Um, afraid and just lives in fear and his dad tells him son if you ever get lost look for the river because if you can find the river you can find your way home think about that and if Jesus is the river if he's the river of everlasting water we can always find our way home he said that I'm the way the truth and the life and no one comes to the father except through me so if you can find the river tonight, if you can find him, you can always find your way home. Because we're not citizens of this earth, right? No, our citizenship is in heaven. Because the Apostle Paul said, for me, to die is gain. Because I get to see the glory of God, right? All right, come on, somebody. The river is provision. The Apostle Paul said, God will provide all of your needs according to his riches and glory. I don't know what you need tonight, church. I don't know if you need peace, comfort, healing. I don't know if you need uh, love again, if you need to feel the love of God again, if you need uh, 
direction in some, in some way, shape, or form, if you need purpose, he'll provide your needs according to his riches and glory because he's faithful to provide. Most major cities, think about this, most major cities are located near a river because it provides. It provides food, it provides water, it provides um, just all sorts, like irrigation, just things that they can do with this river, things that enable them to live and to survive just like we survive off of Jesus, just like we live our everyday lives through grace and through mercy because there's a song we sing here that says, um, worn and blistered soul am I, but it's only by your grace I stand. Amen? We survive, we live, we thrive on the grace of God, on the provision of Jesus. And 2,000 years ago, what happened? Jesus died and provided sin and atonement, forgiveness of sin for any sin that you've ever committed, any wrong thought, any wrong action, any wrong, you, you blinked wrong and it's okay because Jesus forgives you. And he died just for you. And I want you to look at this. So we talked about how river is constant. It's consistent. He's, he's consistently flowing. We talked about how he provides for all of your needs. And now we're going to talk about this. The river satisfies all who thirst. Are you thirsty? Yeah. The psalmist said in, in the Psalms 42, verse 1 through 2, he said, as the deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul pants for you, O God. So my soul longs for the God, the living God, the God who quenches my thirst, the God who gives me everlasting water, the God who gives me everything I need. Oh, church, if we would just long for God the way a deer longs for water. I don't know if any of you guys exercise. I don't. But um, if I did, I'm sure I'd be very tired. Um, I'm sure I'd want water. I remember the days, the days when I was in athletics. <laughs> Exercising is hard work. You know, you get done with the workout, you're, you're tired and you're panting. You're like, oh, I just need water. We used to have, uh, when I was in athletics, we had those, those little sprayers of water that the football guys would use, and they'd just, like, spray water on themselves. Like, we were in athletics, we would just spray water on each other and just everywhere. We wouldn't even drink it. We just spray it on each other because we just wanted satisfaction. We just wanted to be, um, we just wanted to be cooled down, right? So in that same way, if we would just long for the presence of God, for the reign of heaven, like we long for water, like, like animals long for water, what could we do? What could we accomplish? How different would your life be if you thirsted for the fountain? If we, if we would say, God, I want to hear from you. I want to receive from you. I want to be soaked in love. I want to be soaked in your presence. I want to be soaked in anything that you have for me and everything that you have for me because this is his will. You see, this water, you're going to get thirsty again if you drink it. You know, I could just, I'm not going to because Pastor Isaac would get mad, but I could just pour it out and it'd be gone. I could just pour it out and it'd be gone just like that. But the river, the everlasting water that is in Jesus, it never runs dry. You could pour it out all day and there's more and more and more and more. I heard this story one time. This guy, 
he's, he's wandering through the desert. I don't know why he's in the desert, probably likes Australia like me, I don't know, but he was just wandering through the desert, tired, had no gas, didn't have a cell phone uh, service, and just wandering, tired, and he sees this shack in the distance, so he walks to it, and he gets there, and there's this note, and it says, it says if you want, because there's like a bottle of water next to it, it says if you want more water, pour the water in this pump to prime it, and if you wait, a, an abundance of water will, will flow from it, like a fountain. And he's thinking to himself, he's thinking, okay, if I pour this water down the drain right now, I could risk, uh, I could risk losing that water and dying eventually of thirst. Or I could pour it down and get an abundance of water and get what I need. Or I could just drink it now and get what I need for the moment, but soon be thirsty again. So he's thinking about all these possibilities. He's thinking about what he's going to do. And he puts it down the drain. And, and he waits. And nothing happens. Nothing happens. Sometimes, church, your blessing doesn't come right away. Sometimes it doesn't come as soon as you pour that water in. Sometimes it doesn't come as soon as you make that sacrifice. But I'm here to tell you, wait on the vision. Because even though it tarries, it will come to pass. Come on. Come on. Wait on the vision, because once he waited, he waited for, you know, at least five minutes. He started to get discouraged. He turned to leave, and he heard a noise, like rain. And he turned around, like a fountain, everywhere. So he fills up about five canteens in that shack of water, and he takes a shower like, he has enough for what he needs, but he also has enough for what he wants, too. You see, church, because God will not only give you what you need, but he'll give you the desires of your heart. Come on. Do you know the fountain? As Brother Josh comes, I just want to close with this. A famous author by the name of A.W. Tozer, he once said, one of the greatest foes of the Christian is religious complacency. Orthodox Christianity has fallen to its present lowest state from lack of spiritual desire. And what that simply means is that so many Christians today are plagued with complacency and being comfortable. And getting comfortable where they are. And they stop yearning for more. And they stop wanting to go to new levels. And they stop wanting to see greater. And they're like, oh, but God's so good right here. I've seen him do so much right here. You know, I've, I've seen him do miracles here. I've seen him, and that's great. But now's the time to move forward. Now's the time to yearn and to long for the things God has for you. Now's the time to ask, and it shall be given. Now's the time to knock, and the door will be open. Now is the time to seek so you can find. Now is the time. Passionate thirst for the Lord is what keeps us wanting more passionate thirst. Do you thirst for a drink from the fountain tonight? Do you long for more of God? Do you long for more of his love, more of his presence, more of his grace? I do. You know, I think there's a point in every believer's life when he's just all they want, all they need. It's like he's the air we breathe. 
the song that we sing, everything we have is his. And it's a beautiful point to be at because you see him everywhere. Some of you, some of you, uh, not old saints, but, you know, have been in the faith for a long time, can testify to that. That this is, this is a beautiful thing, yearning for God, longing for God. We sing a hymn here, and it says, There is a fountain filled with blood, drawn from Emmanuel's veins, and sinners plunged beneath that flood, what? Lose all their guilty saints. See, because it doesn't matter how vile you are, it doesn't matter how dirty or unworthy you think you are. It doesn't matter how, how low or how, how high you think you are. You need this fountain. Have you been plunged? Have you been to Jesus for that cleansing flood? Have, are you washed in the blood? Or have you found yourself at his feet wanting more, asking him for more, begging, pleading? Because there's a point. There's a point when you just got to do it. You just got to get here. And you just got to put yourself in a place to receive from him. You got to put yourself under the fountain. See, some of you have this, this spiritual umbrella. And you put it up and you've said, but God, I like it here. I don't want to get wet. I'm not trying to mess up my hair today. I worked hard on this thing. Come on, God. But it's not about you. It's not about, this isn't about, you know, being comfortable and being dry. It's about being soaked and letting God pour out blessing and letting God pour out grace and letting God pour out love and pour out mercy because I promise you, church, if you do it, he'll do something great in you. We heard a lot of that tonight. We've heard a lot of great things. We've heard a lot of, of prophecy that great things are happening in this body in each and every one of you. And I believe that. I do. But the only way we're going to get there is asking for it and putting ourselves in a position to receive it. See, you can't get anything if you don't want it. We, we, so, so many times we find ourselves asking for things that we don't even believe for. We, we could say, you know, God, I just... I just want you to heal my body, but we don't actually believe he's going to do it. We keep going around saying, oh, woe is me. I'm sick and I'm dying. And I say that a lot, so it's like I'm preaching myself right now. But um, I say I'm dying a lot. I'm actually not, you know. Um, we, we kind of put ourselves in this place. But you have to believe for what you're asking for. Because the Bible says that faith, believing with the size of a mustard seed, moves mountains. I don't know what mountains you're facing, but if you can find the river, you can find your way home. Would you stand to your feet, please? As we go into this time of, of worship and adoration, I just want to invite you to this altar, every single one of you, anybody who wants more of God, anybody who just wants to uh, be in his presence, who just wants more of him, don't forsake the altar, church. It's open. God moves here. Yes, he can move in your seat, but he moves here. So come. Come all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest, he said. Come ye thirsty, and you will be satisfied. Come all who are hungry, and you will be filled. So would you come this evening? 
Father, we thank you right now for your love. We thank you for, for grace and for uh, just constantly pouring out love on us right now. We put ourselves here.